we have um, a different Wednesday night next week, okay? It'll be completely different. Um, and here's the good news. First, number one, um, food is free next week. So don't feel like you got to pay for pizza. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to walk, uh, you're going to walk in here and there's going to be tables and chairs. Uh, we're going to eat together. We're going to have our very first ever friends giving. Um, and so, um, now some of you, um, most of you love Thanksgiving dinner. I actually hate Thanksgiving dinner, quite frankly. Um, again, again, I just want to restate. I need you guys to keep that same energy when we're worshiping and studying the word, okay? <laughs> I need you to keep that same energy. Be like, <gasps> It makes sense because mashed potatoes are, we're not going to get into it. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to have Thanksgiving feast on the 13th as a church, and that's going to be like a traditional Thanksgiving dinner, right? We're going to be at Ridgepoint. Um, it's going to be incredible. The whole church in one spot. And we're all going to bring our best dish. And then you're going to have Thanksgiving, maybe. I don't know what your Thanksgiving looks like. But in between that, we're going to have Friendsgiving. And it's going to be a nacho bar. And, um, and um, it's going to have... Uh, anyone, anyone like Chewy's? You ever been to Chewy's? <laughs> Chewy's is supplying the nacho bar. So it's not just like Mark went and made some taco meat. Uh, it's going to be incredible. So... That's next week. Now, here's what you need to understand. Here's the detail end of it. You don't need to bring money for food. We'll cover dinner. And um, there's tables in here. We are going to start a little earlier, though. Okay, so we're going to usually, like, fuse and all that is starting at 630. You're kind of walking off the parking lot. Some of you are a little earlier, a little later. At 645, we're going to walk in and we're going to get our seats. And so we'll give you the instructions for all of it. Uh, but just wanted to give you that information. Uh, if you want to bring a friend, you can. We'll also be starting um, a drive to work with Star of Hope. If I remember correctly, we will, um, if, I should say, if I remember at the end of the message, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, but we're going to be taking up different uh, items for the homeless of Houston. And so the Friendsgiving element, usually a Friendsgiving is everyone kind of brings food, like a potluck or whatever. And we don't want to put that in your hands, quite honestly, because uh, I'm terrified of what you would bring. Um, but we do want you to bring items for the drive. That's everyone in here is, is welcome to do that. And some of you are like, can my neighbor bring something? Absolutely. Can I bring friends and they bring something? Absolutely. I'm never going to say no to that, okay? So bring your friends. Um, and then we actually have a link that will, um, I think it's on our link tree, but we'll also post it on social media of what you're bringing and if you're bringing a friend so we can get the right count. So that's uh, next week. That's next week at Fuse. Um, we started this series called Rebellious uh, last week. And uh, one of the things that we did is we talked about the negative stereotypes of teenagers. Um, maybe we should do a negative stereotypes of adults. Should we do that? Maybe and give you guys... We'll give you guys, I haven't like planned this through, and some of you are like, I've got ideas right now. I've got 37 right in the hopper. Uh, maybe what we'll do is we'll give you guys like a, something to write it down, and then literally you can put all your hands down. So, so those were some of the things that were said about teenagers. And that's not saying all teenagers are lazy and unmotivated. That's saying that one of the stereotypes, if we're going to say, Oh, teenagers are this. And it's not necessarily true, but sometimes you guys get labeled as these things. Um, and stereotypes can be really unfair, right? Because not everyone is the same way. Not everyone acts the same way. So stereotypes can be really unfair. 
And so we want to talk about that. But we also want to talk about the, the actual rebellious side of teenagers, specifically rebellious. Now, rebellious as an adjective is kind of like, I'm going to do what I want to do. No one can tell me what to do with my life. And so I'm going to kind of go do my own thing. Um, the idea, though, that we brought up last week was that there can be a positive side to rebellion. And um, one of the things that we said, well, the big point of last week was, we want you to be rebellious enough to stand out from the crowd. You know, when everyone is going this way, you stand up and say, no, I'm, I'm going to go this way because I know that God wants me to go that way. And so I know, I am very aware of how difficult that is as a teenager. Sometimes it's difficult as, a, as an adult. I'll just be honest with you. Um, I would say it gets easier, but there's still some pressure and there's still some difficulty there. Um, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, we had, I did not think about this. This may be the worst illustration in the world. We just had an election yesterday, the midterm elections. And so um, I was not one who had any political conversations that turned awry, but I guarantee some did. Um, I, heard, um, I heard one, I'll just say this. I heard one pastor say that he grew up with all these kind of ideals that were taught to him in moments like this, right? Church services, camps, retreats. And then he went on living with these like Bible-based ideals. And then he went and kind of assumed that everyone agreed with them, especially everyone in his church agreed with them. And they didn't. And some of those conversations got heated. And so if I can just say it this way, some of you are like, yeah, adults don't have to deal with, eh, you know, it's, it's different. It's different. But I would say that it's probably harder than ever to be a teenager. Um, we handed you guys like the internet as a baby. <laughs> that was, it turns out not a great idea, actually. Um, shocker. Um, but yeah, the, the research on that is showing maybe wait um, before we give them social media and before we say, these are your comparison standards and all that, because it can, it can wreck some mental health and stuff like that. And so, yeah, like teenagers have some different things with rebellion. Adults have some different things with rebellion. Sometimes adults have to go against the grain and really focus on what we believe. Um, I would say that happens probably more often than you think. Um, if I can remind you of the scripture that we were in last week, it was Romans chapter 12. Um, and I really just kind of want to focus on the first verses right now. I've got uh, these two phrases hired, uh, hired, uh, highlighted, excuse me, um, the spiritual worship, okay, so there's, I really should have highlighted there too, presents your bodies a living sacrifice. So this is Paul's, like, I am begging you, I'm beseeching you, like, based on everything we've been reading, I'm asking you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. God has done so much for us. Can't we turn back and say, yes, like, I want to be a living sacrifice. Now, this is where I want to ask Again, I want to remind us, what do you think a living sacrifice, what do you think Paul means by living sacrifice? Are you raising your hand? No, okay. Anybody living sacrifice? Yeah. Say that again? Say that again? No, he doesn't want you to be an animal. This is, this is Paul saying to the church, like Christians, I want you to be a living sacrifice. Dedicating your life to sharing to, uh, to the world about God. Yeah. To follow Jesus. Laying down your life. Yeah, that laying down your life, I think, really sums it up for me too. Stella? God's will, not my will. Exactly. We talked about Jesus in the garden. Um, he's about to be crucified, and he is experiencing very real human emotions of like, I'm about to be crucified. 
And this is not good. And he's going to say, God, if there's another way, I'll take it. But not my will be done, your will be done. That is a, literally a living sacrifice. Now, we're not asking you to go crawl on a cross and be crucified. That's not what we're asking. We are asking you to, every moment of every day, consider what does it look like to live for God instead of me? Let me just say that again, because I don't think you caught it. Every moment of every day, consider what it looks like to live for God instead of me. Does that sound easy to anyone? No. No. It's not easy. It's not easy. Every day, I don't know about you, every day I wake up very selfish. (laughs) Every single day, it's phenomenal. Every day I wake up and I'm not just like, how can I serve others today? I literally never do that. I'm like, what do I got to do? How can I do what, you know, like, it's me, 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 me. Looking in the mirror, right? What do I need to do about me? And it's not living sacrifice. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's all about Mark. And so he says, I want you to be presenting your body's living uh, sacrifice. This is your spiritual worship. We're, we're in this series about serving and worship and kind of how those two things kind of tie together. Then, do not be conformed to this world. In fact, there's um, the New Living Translation would say, don't uh, merely copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that's how you do it. You do it little by little. And if I can just tell you, this is a long process. I talked to a 28-year-old person yesterday, a former student of mine, graduated in 2012. And she said, I remember really struggling with like how to like grow in my relationship with God on my own. Okay. Can I get the back row to chill for a second? Because I really, I can't have you miss this. It is normal for you to not know how to build your relationship with God on your own. Okay? It's normal. There's no teenager who's ever been like, you know, I just kind of, I kind of got it. I'm a genius, right? 1600 on the building my relationship, you know, with Jesus, SAT. Like, I'm perfect, A plus, I've got it. We don't have that. It's just, it's just something that you learn. It's just something that you learn. It's like, there's no teenager that's like just an expert at dating. There's literally not a teen. Some of you are like, oh, I don't know if you've met me. And I'm like, actually, you just demonstrated how not perfect you are with that prideful response. You know, like, it's just, you learn. You learn, right? There's lots of things that you learn. And so I want you to hear me. Wisdom from Paul, wisdom from church leaders, wisdom from adults and everyone that's gone before us. Don't copy the behavior and the costumes of this world. You are tempted to do that. I know that you're probably doing that in some very practical ways. Right? I'm going to copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But it's interesting, okay, so that there's lots of spiritual worship. There's transform, not conform, right? There's lots of moments in the Bible, because we're going to see verses, um, I think it's 4 and 5 of Romans 12. Romans 12, verses 4 and 5. These are like the next verses. He says, for as in one body we have many members. In fact, so verse 3, I skipped one. In verse 3, he says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Okay, that's where it is. Right, thank you, Kyle. And then in verse 4 and 5, he's going to say, one body, many members, essentially. Now, this is Paul talking to the Romans. 
Paul writes a lot of the letters, but he doesn't write, you know, it's not the only thing he writes. And he's not the only one who writes in the New Testament. But serving others shows up all over the New Testament. It shows up like in every letter, like serving others, serving others, serving others. He wrote another uh, book called uh, 1 Corinthians, or First Letter to the Corinthian Church. Um, and we're going to just read a couple verses. Second Corinthians, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 7. This whole chapter, actually 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are all about serving. But I, I, we don't have time, uh, so I, I picked out these four verses. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. This sounds exactly like what he said in Romans. Huh, maybe there's some, some consistency. Maybe this matters. There's a variety of service, but the same Lord. There's a variety of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Two things I'm seeing here, okay? We should be a lot more unified as a church than we are. Okay? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, all of it, one belief, one way to heaven. Jesus is the only way. And so we come under this banner, and then we're kind of like, well, I don't like the way so-and-so does so-and-so. Right? You know, we should be fighting for unity because of the example of Paul here in 1 Corinthians 1. All these gifts, all these things that the Lord wants to do in us. We've got to remember there's one God. But then the second thing is here. Okay, we all worship Jesus together. There's one Jesus. It's not multiple gods. It's, it's right, we're, we're, we're going after Jesus. But then here's what's crazy. He gives us all these different gifts, right? We're all made different. Um, we all look different. We like different things. And then we're gifted in some different ways. And if you're a Christian, let me just, um, you ever have one of the, remember those moments where I kind of step off the lesson one time? And I'm like, let's talk about the things we believe for just a moment. It's called doctrine. Here's what we believe, okay? So if someone becomes a Christian, that means they place their faith in Jesus. At that very moment, the Holy Spirit comes to live in their hearts. We've talked about that a ton. I don't ever want you to forget that truth because it's so, so important. You may not think it's important right now, but you're going to encounter some very real trials in life, and you're going to be thankful that the Holy Spirit is walking with you and never lets you alone, Okay? I know some of us are like, man, it'd be cool to like walk with Jesus like in person and see him do all the miracles. You know what's better than that? Like the Holy Spirit indwelling your body 24-7 all the time, all the time with you, promising to never walk away from you. But he gives you these gifts. And these gifts, they're called spiritual gifts, okay? Creative term, they come from the Spirit. They're gifts. They're spiritual gifts. And these spiritual gifts are, are, are meant for what? Verse 7. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit, or, or the Spirit is giving them a gift. Their man, the Holy Spirit is giving them a gift for what? For the common good. It'd be like if I gave you, you ever see those, um, those uh, videos, I mean, TikTok or YouTube or something like that? Someone walks up to a grocery store, the dollar says, I'll give you a dollar, or you want me to double it, give it to someone else? And then it's like the people that are like getting offered a dollar, they're like, well, double it and give it to someone else. And they're like, <laughs> so generous. And then you go to the next person, $2 or double it and give it to someone else. And then it gets up to a certain amount. And then usually about like $50, that person's kind of like, so I got to pay for these groceries and uh, I'm going to take the $50, right? Someone gives you a million dollars. Like I heard someone won the Powerball or whatever. I'm not a big fan of gambling or whatever, but like, could you imagine? I, does anyone know what the Powerball was up to? Two billion? A lot of money that I'll never have. Um, if someone dropped all that money on you, okay, 
If someone had a dump truck full of cash and dumped it in your front yard and said, it's yours, you know, what's the first thing that you would do? By the way, that is a very revealing question. <laughs> Some of you just, showed up. nope, 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 we're not doing that. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't actually want to know because <laughs> I don't want to be like in fetal position in tears up here. Like, no. Um, it reveals a lot about you, but like, there's some of you that would be like, oh, I'd share it with the world and all this kind of stuff, right? And some of you are like, hmm, joke's on you. Like, I'm not sharing a penny with you. Could you imagine? Okay, so let's go back to the lesson here. You get saved. Holy Spirit's living inside of you and then gives you gifts. Okay? Someone gives you a present at Christmas. Are you automatically thinking, who am I going to give this to not unless it's a crappy gift. <laughs> the adults in the room are like, I'm going to a white elephant present next week. Taken care of. Okay, just kidding. Uh, but no, someone gives you a gift. There's kind of this idea like, this is for me, right? Jesus purchases salvation by his death on the cross. That's a gift that you receive and you should receive it with gladness. The Holy Spirit indwells your life, gives you a gift. What's it for? Not for you. It's for the common good. First Peter, okay, so now this is Peter talking to the church, okay? He says, each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And you're like, what does varied grace mean? Can we just go back to this, the First Corinthians verse? The word varied is there like three different times in the version of varieties, okay? There's a variety of gifts, okay? So now, go back to 1 Peter. What are we supposed to do with these gifts? We're supposed to use it to serve one another. And he doesn't even just say it. Use it to serve one another, period. Do it. He says, you deserve, use it to serve one as good stewards of God's grace. Meaning, you're, God has given you something, and he wants you to use it well. That's like if I, um, if I gave one of you like my keys, and I said, hey, will you run to H-E-B? Okay, take my car. You don't have a, no big deal. You don't have a license. It's cool. Uh, I'm sure you can figure it out. Like, you just take it to H-E-B, right? Bring the groceries back, whatever. And you're like, pedal to the metal. That's not a good steward, right? It's not a good steward. Like, you'd be, maybe you'd be cautious and maybe you'd pay attention. Be a, I'd be a bad steward of my car if I gave you my car. I'll just say that. You understand? Uh, when you see that word steward, think manager. So God has given you these gifts. I want to talk a lot more about these Okay, because this is a really big lesson. Like I said, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 all kind of cover this, among other verses, other chapters in the Bible. But I want you to hear this, okay? I want you, here's my challenge, I guess, for you tonight. Be rebellious enough to serve even when no one else does. This is the thing that I want you to remember. Be rebellious enough to serve even when no one else does. Now, I could talk about that statement for a whole nother hour because I know how difficult it is to kind of like decide, like, I'm going to stand out from the crowd. I'm going to serve. Like, what are the, the enemies of serving? Like, laziness, selfishness, like, I'm out for me and not for anyone else. Like, again, we wake up every morning kind of defaulting on selfish, if you're like me. So you kind of have to renew your mind. First, uh, Romans 12, 1. You have to be transformed, not conformed to the patterns of this world. You see how that happens? None of my heroes, 
live selfish lives. You ever think about that? None of my heroes live lazy lives. Right? They're pouring their life out for the common good. And my heroes in my life are the ones who are rebellious enough or bold enough or brave enough to do what they know they need to do, even when it's not popular. There's a student, actually, that graduated from this student ministry in 2020 that is living that out. And I I wanted to share her story with you right now. If we can go ahead and play that video. Hi, church. My name is Mackenzie Willie. I'm 20 years old, and I graduated from Ridgepoint High School in the class of 2020. I grew up in this church. I was a part of the student ministry. Um, I also served with preschool, and um, the Lord has blessed me tremendously um, just being a part of your fellowship. So I grew up in this church. Um, I grew up in Santa Plantation. Um, I was a part of Ridgepoint High School. I went to Billy Baines Middle School. I was. I grew up here, and growing up here, I had a lot of pressures put on me with academics, um, athletics, and social standards, and I let a lot of the world define me. I let a lot of my peers define me, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't let Jesus define me, and that got me into a cycle of just putting myself down, uh, a lot of inferiority, pride, and just insecurities that started to arise. Um, it wasn't until my senior year in high school um, that the Lord called me to closer to Him, into relationship, and He he started calling me his child, which he's always called me that, but he, um, he just, I just started realizing that. I just started paying attention to it. January of after I graduated high school, the Lord revealed to me over a course of signs after signs and after him basically laying it out on a silver platter for me, he directed me to Youth at the Mission, which is a global missions organization. Um, that champions young leaders um, and they really aim to encounter Jesus, equip the students, and send them out to the nations. So I just felt a stirring um, to go to this school and really at that school the Lord met me in places where I didn't feel like I needed to be met in, in places that needed healing that I didn't even know was broken. The Lord met me in those places and He healed me, He freed me, and He created who He initially created me for. So after my Youth at the Mission, um, I attended a three-month lecture phase, which is just coursework and uh, just encountering Jesus through his scripture, through interactions with him, and through fellowship with um, the Lord. After those three months, I was actually sent to um, the Middle East on a two-month mission trip. Um, On that two-month mission trip, I really got just overload of just the love of God for all of his people. The Lord does not know language barriers. He does not know barriers in general. And the Lord just wrecked every aspect of my life that I thought was contained into a box because where we live and where we are now is a box compared to the whole world. And I just got my eyes completely open to that. So the Lord on that mission trip really spoke to me that I was to be in full-time missions. And if he would have told me that my career path would have been a full-time missionary, I would have first asked you the question, what was a missionary? Isn't that what adults do? Adults go on mission trips and they spread the love of Jesus, but adults do that. That's just not the case. That is something that the Lord had to break down, the lie that an enemy told me that it was just adults who could do this. I'm here to tell you right now that you can do this. You can shine Jesus' light in your home. You can shine Jesus' light in your schools. You can shine Jesus' light in the nations and you don't have to be 40 with a job. You don't have to be 50 with kids and grandkids. I'm telling you that I'm 20 years old and the Lord has called me to the nations. 
Somebody really important to me told me one time, they said, the Lord does not call the equipped, he equips the called. And he equipped me to step out in that faith in January. Um, and he's still equipping me to step out in faith as I'm continuing on this call that he's placed on my life. The equipping never stops, but the trust in the Lord just continues growing. And as the trust continues, his equipping continues. And as you keep continuing to go deeper and deeper, the Lord is faithful and the Lord provides. So if you're feeling called to missions, if you're feeling called to just share the love of Jesus, I'm telling you to do it. I'm telling you to do it because you that's what the Lord created you for. That's our mission. That's our heart. That's what we're here to do on this world is to just tell people about Jesus. Um, so do it. I love that last line where she's just like, so do it. So do it. She said something that I hope you hear. And so if I can just have your focus, I know that you're distracted right now for just two minutes. She said, I wish I would have known that this wasn't just something that just is for adults, that I should have got involved in this as a teenager. Um, if you've ever felt like confusion about what it looks like to serve, and so serving can be missions, it can be working in a food kitchen, it could be cleaning up a table at like a church event. It could be sharing the gospel with your neighbor. And there's varying levels of like, that's scary or like, I can do that, right? Some of you, here's, here's a couple ways, okay? I, I came up with three things. One, to be involved in the Star of Hope drive. That's serving. That's helping. That is literally clothing the homeless. Literally clothing the homeless and changing their lives. Okay, now that's the drive. Okay, what can you do at home? Here's a question. I dare you. I d not everyone of you is going to do this. If I can be honest with you, let me just be real honest, full transparency. The kids in the room that don't care won't do it, and this isn't for them. This is for the kids in the room that care. Okay, this is real Mark talking. I dare you to ask at home, how can I help? Is there anything I can help with? I dare you. I dare you. <clears throat> what are the negative stereotypes? So, so bust them, right? Lazy, unmotivated. So bust the stereotypes. Let me tell you something else we can do. If you go to Thanksgiving feast this Sunday night at, at Ridgepoint, I, I think it would be a mate. Let's, let's like play a little trick, okay? Let's play like it's a little like God prank. Let's all, when we're done eating, Look around the table and grab like two or three plates. Hey, are you done eating? Can I take your trash for you? Can I, can I just explain to you what that would do to adults in the room to see teenagers serving? Our adults wouldn't have those negative stereotypes of you. I'm not saying they do. I'm not saying they don't. I haven't pulled them and asked them. But I dare you. Can I just get a show of hands real quick again? Who's going to Thanksgiving feast? I'm going. Okay. Can, can we do this? I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. This isn't like, oh, I forgot, you know? This is like, I'm dead serious. You're around. Maybe we were with your family or with some friends or whatever. You're done eating. Hey, are you done with that? Can I take that for you? It'd be incredible. It'd be incredible. Little baby steps into serving, okay? Little baby steps into serving. What does it look like to be a living sacrifice. That's what I want to ask you, okay? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you.
Thank you for tonight. Thank you for these students. Lord, I do pray that you would give us an opportunity to learn how to serve well. The truth is, these students have been served well by all kinds of people. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's teachers. Maybe it's small group leaders. Maybe it's a neighbor or a family friend. They have been served well. I pray that they would realize it's their time to step into some opportunities. Just like Mackenzie, this isn't for adults and grandparents. This is for us now. I pray that we would take that challenge. It's your name I pray. Amen. Amen.